So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world eliminate their desire for alcohol by claiming themselves as author of their own life. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my Stop Drinking and Start Living program that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules of what you thought was possible and the profound journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so excited that you are here. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here. It's Mary. And if you're new to the show, welcome. If you've been here, thank you for being in my sacred circle with me. Um, we're, we're really creating and shifting vibrational frequencies. Whether or not you realize it, the fact that you're here right now means that your brain which creates vibrations in your body and then pulsates that out into the world through your emotions and your actions, um, is changing. You're here, you're, you're questioning your life, the potential of your life. And I know that if you're here, you know that this is so much more than just not drinking. This is really about awakening the feminine inside of you, the principle that lives in all life on this planet that really isn't showcased as a powerful force um, in our culture, in our society, but it is the most powerful force in all on the planet. And this isn't, you know, not to say it's the both and, right? We need the the divine masculine, the healed masculine, um, which also lives inside of you and us. So that is awakening 
also inside of you, the, the force of, of action, of, of engineering, of understanding, of creating, um, creating a foundation and a structure. Um, and I don't know if I've said this before on the show, but Matthew and I, um, he is a dream maker. I mean, sometimes I'm so embarrassed when I get into like, weird spaces where I'm in my head and not in my body because when I'm in my head, I create problems that aren't there. And that's why you're here because all of the problems about alcohol mostly live in your head and the solution lives in your in your head with new thinking and new beliefs, but it really starts in the body. And every time I come into my body and I'm really present with the miracle and the enchantment that is my life, I... I'm just so, (laughs) I'm just like so embarrassed about anything that I would ever complain about. But anyway, we call each other um, ideas and abilities um, because I am the dreamer and he is as well, Um, but we work really well together in that way. And it's like, I can kind of just say something and then it magically appears. So I have to be careful what I ask for, or there'll be lots of projects started around the property. Um, But I, and I'm going to put this actually in the, on the cover cover for this episode. He, we had a big gathering this summer in 2021. Um, not a huge gathering. It was like, you know, 20 something people, but it was like a little mini, um, festival for the summer solstice. And it was a camp. It was the first time we had didn't really invited people on the property. It was an alcohol free gathering and it was so magical to see people open up. It was very transformative. You know, of course we did some sacred ritual, and had an opening circle and a cacao ceremony. And it was just so lovely. And I hope to be able to invite all of you here someday to be able to do that. I'd actually really love to do one-on-one rites of passage um, weekends with women who are stepping through the threshold. Um, But anyway, he made these giant um, banners, these kind of like Arthurian banners that are hanging. They're probably, I don't know, 20 feet tall. There's three of them and they're so majestic. And they're out at the back of the property. So when we look out the window, we've kept them up. Um, and there's three of them. And it just reminds me of, of enchantment. It reminds me to, to look right where I am to find all of the gifts that I am seeking. And it's just like Dorothy, like all we have to do is look in our own backyard, literally. Um, and you know, I understand that there are lots of people in lots of different places in the world and the privilege that I've been blessed to have in my life. Um, it wasn't always, you know, nothing was really handed to me, but geographics and, you know, ethnicity and so on and so forth. And really, you know, I have to give so much, so many props to my lineage. Um, I would definitely say that addiction in general, um, I think kind of runs, (laughs) throughout us as humans, but there were those tendencies, you know, a lot of people come to me kind of thinking that they're late in the game and I'm like, no one knows emotional intelligence. I mean, it wasn't really needed for survival and everyone just kind of made do, but what was emotionally intelligent was love. And I was loved so much 
and so well and so accepted for being uniquely who I was that even, um, even though, you know, I am self-made woman, it, it was really, really foundational and it really allowed me to to be brave, to be bold. I had this really strong root, like my root chakra was anchored into knowing, um, you know, knowing that I did have a home here on earth, but also, you know, with my grandmother, um, you know, my mother, my grandfather, my dad, I mean, it was just, they, I always knew that I could be who I was. And so it really allowed me subconsciously, I think, to be bold, um, and to just kind of take the road less traveled. So this is to say the best gift that you can offer the people in your life is, love and self-love because the more you love yourself, the more available you're going to be for others without expectation of them needing to be anything to make you feel a certain way. And this, you know, I always have these long intros, so thanks for bearing with me. Um, but this leads into really, and I didn't really realize it at the time, but that the, the healed masculine and the divine feminine really are the foundation for building the bridge for, for, for traveling from being a drinker to getting alcohol out of your way. And I'm hoping to do a longer extended podcast about, you know, what, what does the divine feminine mean and what is the, the wounded masculine? And I really see the, the prolific nature of alcohol in our society and in our cultures as kind of you know, God seems like more so than, than money even is now really as an example of the, the wounded masculine and the absence of the feminine in so much of our, in so much of our daily workings. And it's really the way that we do live our everyday life that has the biggest impact, the way we respond to you know, the customer service person and the canceled appointment and, you know, the little things when the kids get sick and really deciding what, what matters, you know, as long as death's not knocking at your door, there's really, there's really no problem. And even then, right. There's, um, it's all part of the spiral that is this existence. So you know, <laughs> or maybe you don't know, but the reason that you have tried to quit drinking and it hasn't worked is because you have had no strategy. You haven't, you haven't tried to build the bridge and you've fallen into that gap many, many times. And it is not always easy but it can be very simple. It's very straightforward. The biggest components that I have learned to achieving any goal in a, you know, kind of non-linear way really is consistency and commitment. And the consistency and commitment to allowing things to unfold that you may not have been expecting. And consistency and commitment both require patience 
And they also require feeling discomfort, moving through ways of being that you have never experienced before. They also take the ability to pause in the satisfaction of the fact that you're actually doing something new, that you're actually trying, that you don't just wake up and say, I'm never drinking again, that you decide I am going to unlearn alcohol. I am going to develop a better relationship with myself. And the women who do bridge the gap, and you know, there's many women out there, and I'm sure you know, there's a lot of different systems, but the ones that I travel with across the threshold, they have a few things in common. And you've probably heard them on the show a lot, but here we go. They get curious about their drinking. They stop taking it for face value, right? It's just, I remember very like viscerally the day that I was in my old house in my kitchen and we had probably had like a box of wine and just pouring the wine at five o'clock or maybe two o'clock and just thinking like, do I even want this right now? Like, why do I even want this? And that question had never dawned on me before. And I remember also times where, you know, I would have this thought, nothing tastes good. Nothing sounds good. Or my body was literally telling me I don't want alcohol, (laughs) but I would try, I would like try everything like, oh, a beer, wine, a cocktail. It's just so crazy to think about in retrospect, but when our beliefs are very, very powerful. Um, and of course the, the desire for alcohol goes beyond just the, just the beliefs, especially at the beginning, you know, there's an emotional attachment to it and, and that can turn into a physical desire as well. When you're, um, the baseline of your chemical level, throughout the day expects that, expects that shift. So it's nuanced, but getting curious, stop taking it at face value. What is actually going on? Why are you drinking? What's underneath it? What is the energy that is shifting? If it's just because you want to, then, you know, there's an opportunity. How could this be better without alcohol. I've experienced the situation many, many times with alcohol. What's possible without it? They ask, what do I want more of? This is actually a question one of my clients has been using, and I just love it. You know, if you're in a situation and this is what we do, we really examine what's available to you on the other side. So it's like, do I want this drink, right? That's just a beverage. You can have any beverage. And I always say if it's if it's just like the taste of wine, you know, so what? It's kind of like get over it a little bit, you know, like if there was something that was causing me so much pain that I knew, you know, if I was lactose intolerant and I was like sick all the time, like I would give up cheese and be like whatever. You know, there's so many other things out there. It's just a drink. Um so it's just, what do I want more of? Or do I want to be engaged, present, you know, honoring myself, feeling confident, learning new skills, developing who I am as a person? What do I want more of? 
The women who cross this bridge feel the sensations in their body created by emotions, right? So they pause, they stop, they say, oh, what's happening, right? Part of curiosity as well. But then you get out of the brain and into the body. They stick around to find out what it means. Our emotions have so much wisdom, right? They, they cue, cue you into how you're taking something personally, how you're making, what you're making it mean about you. Our triggers are our best teachers, right? Instead of understanding someone's intention by what they're saying, we get offended, right? And it's like, when we look at discourse and conversation, when you look underneath, most of the time people aren't trying to hurt you on purpose, right? Most of the time they're scared, they're threatened, right? So we get to step in this place where we get to kind of like take the high road and not through a place of righteousness, but being able to really see the other, right? With eyes of compassion. I often think about our human experience. If we all come from one source somewhere, somehow, kind of like a shattered mirror, and we're just shards of this mirror reflecting back at one another, who we are. So really looking into the eyes of your loved ones and seeing that they are you. There's polarity exists because that is the nature of existence, but polarity only exists because there's unity. There, there's, there is one, right? And we are birthed out of maybe a cosmic void. I mean, the mysteries are yet to be solved, <laughs> but I really believe that we really truly are all reflections of one another. So when you're hating on someone, know that you literally are cut from the same cloth. I mean, we all come from the same origins. This is true. So what do your emotions mean? And this is required. This is part of building the bridge. Wow. What have I been ignoring about myself for so long? What have I been brushing under the rug? What, have I, what am I unwilling to look at where I'm not taking responsibility, right? So what do your emotions mean? They are powerful. And this is part of the, the essence of the feminine, right? And you can clearly see how the invalidation of emotions through the presence of alcohol really is this wounded masculine because the masculine in its nature, not men, but the masculine principle wants to support, wants to soften around that, right? There's, there are emotions that are masculine in nature, but the, the movement of them, you know, how it moves through the body, kind of like the water element, the element of water can actually be quite a pleasurable experience if you aren't creating, you know, judgments around it. I always like to think of the emotional waters when you're just kind of in the depths of despair. If you can really be with that, outside of the story and, you know, fully embodied, fully alive. It's like, how good can I, how, how much pleasure can I experience through this emotion? There is something very cathartic about it and quite pleasurable when you, when you practice it. They don't abandon themselves. And this is all this is part of that as well, right? Sticking out, sticking around, having your own back, 
they plan ahead of time. I can't tell you how many people I work with that this is everything, right? This is not reacting. This is, think about it. Think about when you go, if if you've ever done any public speaking, getting up in front of an audience of people and literally have never had planned anything, you would be terrified, right? But when you plan and you practice, right, you feel so much more confident. So we're not setting the goal of not drinking or drinking less or whatever it is that feels important to you at the time and just acting like it's just going to show up. I mean, literally nothing in your life has ever worked like that, right? Even something like buying something, you have to go to the store, have the money, right? Like there's a process. This is the building the bridge. They make decisions to ensure their results. And I talked about this on the podcast about open-ended results. And if you're constantly in indecision, then your results are open-ended. So you decide ahead of time (laughs) through your planning with conviction what my result is going to be. And you have the proper the proper formula to make it happen. They understand their personal cycles and rhythms. And if you haven't listened to this episode, you should go back and listen to it when I talk about hormones and drinking. And this is so mind-blowing for so many of my clients um, is to really start to chart their own emotional journey through their own personal rhythms of, you know, their own monthly cycle with or without bleeding. Um, We, we work in, in a monthly cycle. And so knowing that you can see that the journey isn't linear, right? Um, You can see that it, it moves in spirals and you can understand your emotions a little bit better and, and expect them and see patterns um, and, and really hold space, sacred space for yourself and also understand why your urges are different at different times of the month. They learn how to put themselves first. This is huge. The thought that putting yourself first, making yourself a number one priority is selfish, is rampant, is toxic. And I really believe that that is a belief that a lot of people don't actually believe is true, but it's running the story of the subconscious. Because when you think about putting yourself first to take care of your needs so that you are you know, solid, you're well cared for, you've slept, you've nourished, how much better are you going to be to be of service, right? Self-care, putting yourself first is actually a sacred act. It is an act of honoring your body temple. It is an act of honoring yourself so that you can be available for your life and for for those who need you without having regret without having um you know to to keep score of you know you did this for me I'll do this for you right but just to be able to give freely generosity is one of the biggest gifts of my life the the feeling of being generous without expectation is the best thing ever. And that comes from an abundance mindset. 
You know, I'm, I've always said this, even when I was waiting tables and like living in my dad's basement a long time ago, is like, I would, I have two younger sisters and I would, I would always treat them when we were younger and go out and pay for them because they were little, you know, and it was like, if I've got 10 cents, five of it's yours. I mean, or you can just have the whole dime, right? Like whatever. If I can't enjoy myself being generous with the last piece of bread that I have, then like, I don't want to do it. I just don't want to. And that comes because I have put myself first because I have made for so long my desires and my dreams a priority and not felt guilty about it. And everyone else benefits for it. It's amazing. It's the best part about my life. And of course, people show up for me when I'm not showing up for myself too. It's not like I'm, you know, on it all the time. They lean into discomfort. This also goes along with the feeling of sensations. Discomfort is just a thought. It's just a sensation. It's our association with sensations, even pain that really makes it worse than it actually is. So when you identify the sensations of discomfort and you give them their own identity, you make space in between who you are and what's actually happening. The gap between drinking and getting alcohol out of their way disprove the belief that they can't drink and replace it with, I'm choosing not to, or some version of that. And this is everything, right? Like it is not about changing yourself so that you can be better suited for alcohol. That is not what we're doing here in any way, shape or form. This is not about changing yourself so you can be a normal drinker. That doesn't exist. They don't avoid parties. I do not teach my clients to avoid people and places, but I do encourage them to, to create boundaries, right? Especially at the beginning, make it easy on yourself, keep yourself safe, um, and give yourself permission to say no, right? But then go and have a blast. I have had clients lately, they're just blowing my mind. They're like going to concerts, going out on dates, going doing everything, you know, going to festivities for this holiday season um, and parties. I just, it's so amazing. Vacations, just not missing out on anything and having so much fun, feeling so much better and usually observing people that are drinking and thinking, wow, (laughs) you're like not with judgment, but when you start to observe people drinking, when you're not drinking, it's really fascinating. You kind of feel like sad, like a little sad. It's like, there's this, there's this like motherly love that comes out and it's like, oh, it's it's okay. (laughs) Um, and you know, it's like, you can, you much easily can turn off and avoid any of the the unintended, you know, arguments that happen or whatever when, when you're, you know, sober. They learn how to be the women that alcohol was covering up all those years. This is everything. This is so powerful. 
the feelings, the sentiments, the desires, the interests, the, the rawness, the eroticism, the partnerships, the vulnerability, the pulse of life, the movement of their bodies, right? They're no longer dissociating. They commit to overcoming the present moment urge for the long-term gain because every time they say no to a drink with pride and excitement, the habit gets weaker and they get stronger. And this is what is really happening in your brain too. When you stop following specific neural pathways and you create new ones, this is how you form a habit and how you learn the pathway that you don't take starts to diminish and the beliefs around it also start to fade when you are generating more evidence and really paying attention to it. That's why this is so important. This is why there's a process. This is why we build a bridge. And this is why we talk about it every week because it's really good to pull these things out and say it and it expedites the process. And then the pathways towards (laughs) self-reclamation, it's like, yes, thank you, get stronger. They offer themselves patient and the time it takes to build the bridge, right? They don't just jump over, try to just like jump over the bond. Um, And there's, of course, there's times where it's like, oh, maybe there's a sticky point where, you know, there's, there's this one thing that is really nagging. And then that's just where we go deeper and deeper and deeper. And we do it from a place of self-observation without judgment. They celebrate their wins. And I've said this before, but that's the way we start all of our calls. What's working? What are you celebrating? Because we have to stop at the vista, especially if you're a powerful, ambitious woman, which I know all of you are, you're doing stuff. You're moving and you're shaking, right? And you have to stop and recognize the way that you're showing up differently with the little things. They offer themselves compassion when they fail. And I really hate using the word failure because it has such a negative connotation. But for me, it really means that you're on the path to success. Failure means that you're actually trying. So, you know, you're not drinking for a couple of weeks and then something happens that was kind of unexpected and you have a drink and we don't start over here. We va- we validate your concerns We evaluate what happened, where your thoughts were, how you would choose to do it differently the next time, and then implement it, right? And it's like, because there is an ongoing process, it's not, you're not just falling in the, falling in the pond (laughs) and never trying to get back to the bridge. Like we're still building the bridge. We have all the materials and the bridge still needs to be built because the other side of the pond is waiting for you. And you've, you've already, you can see it, you can taste it, you can smell it. You see what's going on over there and the flags and the fireworks. And it's like, we're still going. Their relationships are stronger, their health is better, they're less stressed about work, they consume less and save more, their minds aren't cluttered. These are all the beautiful impacts that getting alcohol out of your way has on your life. I hardly ever consume things mindlessly just because, right? It's not 
a real pleasurable experience for me. We really learn how to pause the buffering in every area of life. I have clients that are unintentionally, you know, losing the five pounds they've been trying to lose for the last 10 years. I have clients whose bank accounts are bigger than they've ever been before. I have clients who are, you know, crushing it in their business because of being present and being more confident and going and just connecting with their, their partners in new ways and really still holding space for themselves, interacting with their children, showing up as different bosses at work. It's, it's truly everything. Their hearts are radiating with validation. They finally took the time to listen to what it had to say. There is that whisper that you have heard. The alcohol covers up and you can't hear it anymore. And alcohol is telling that whisper, it doesn't matter. But it keeps getting louder and louder by the other things that are happening in your life. Right. It's like, then she says it firmly and then she's screaming it at the top of her lungs and you're like, Oh, I don't think that's true, but it's there and it's not going away. These are women from all backgrounds, skill sets, and interest. What they all had in common when they started, they were willing to ask for help to build their bridge. I can help you. I am so honored and humbled with gratitude to be able to guide you through this inquiry, through this journey. I learned so much about life, about myself, about the depths of how powerful we all are. I am constantly blown away by the commitment and the dedication to show up even when life is so full of so much, especially right now. It matters so much right now. We are going through a huge transition on the timeline of humanity. And I couldn't think of a better time to build your bridge to really meeting yourself on the other side for the first time. I think you're wonderful. If you have any questions or you want me to cover anything on the show, I would absolutely love to know. I'll leave my email address in the show notes. And of course, if you could please leave a five-star rating with what you're loving about the show, what you're taking away, what concepts are important to you, it would mean the world to me and all of the other women who will find this show. Have an amazing, amazing week. I want to invite you into the Stop Drinking and Start Living program. It is the last time you will ever have to start the process of stopping again. It's your opportunity to learn a new way of life, free of the burdens of alcohol, and find out what's possible when you no longer have the desire to drink. 
with lifelong access and unlimited live support from me, you will never be left wondering about the how. All you have to know is that you are ready for change. I teach you how to build the clarity, confidence, and commitment you need to be authentically you without alcohol in any situation. It's time to answer the calling of your highest self. Register today by following the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and I will see you on the inside.